Jesus. Why don't somebody just begin to worship here tonight? Hallelujah. If he's ever shut the mouths of any lions in your life, why don't you give him some praise? Hallelujah. I don't ever want to get in the habit where I just expect God to do something. But Lord, every time you've done something for me, God, tonight I praise you. Every time you went out of your way to give me freedom, to give me hope, to bring me out of the valley, to bring me down from the mountain, God, whatever it is that you've done in my life tonight, God, I give you praise. Whatever it is that you brought me from, whatever addiction that you've broken, whatever thing that you brought me from, God, I praise you. I wish somebody would clap your hands in the house tonight. There's freedom in here. There's liberty in here tonight. Hallelujah, just because your life may be perfect, you don't know what the person beside you is going through. Why don't you just take a moment and begin to worship? Why don't you take a moment and just begin to praise tonight? Hallelujah, because he's worthy. Not because I need anything, God, but just because you're worthy, I praise you. Just because you're God tonight, I praise you. Just because of who you are, I worship you, God. I thank you, Lord. Lord, you're worthy. Lord, you're worthy. Jesus, you're worthy. I feel the presence of the Lord in this place tonight. Every Wednesday night, every Sunday, the presence of God is just here before we can ever even show up. The presence of God is in this place. I don't ever want to become of a mindset to where we come here just on Wednesday nights and we just go through the motions. But every night that I grace those doors, God, let my heart be open to receive the word. Let my heart be open to receive whatever it is, God, that you're willing to pour out. God, I want to be a part of whatever it is that you're doing in this place. Jesus, we worship you. Hallelujah. To all of our visitors, if you're a visitor in this place tonight, we welcome you. We're so glad that you could be here with us. Welcome to the best church in Southwest Louisiana. I firmly believe that with all of my heart. Hallelujah. I'm so thankful tonight to have the opportunity to speak to you what I feel is the Lord has laid on my heart. I'm so thankful for our pastor for all that he does. Why don't we give him a hand clap tonight? He's not here, but I still believe that we should honor the man of God tonight. Matter of fact, before we even get started, I felt this in the prayer room, before we even go any further in the service, why don't we just lift him up in our prayers tonight? Nothing's wrong, but I just feel like we need to lift Pastor up before we do anything else in the service. Lord, I pray tonight, Lord, that your hand will be upon our pastor. I pray, God, that you will touch him. And I pray, God, that you will be done tonight. Hallelujah. Lord, we praise you tonight. God I'm so thankful for what I feel in the house of God I'm thankful that I'm a part of something that whenever I come I can expect the move of God that it doesn't matter I'm not trying to hype you up tonight I'm just telling you what I feel in the Holy Ghost I'm I'm so privileged to be able to come into the house of God no matter what I've went through 
this week, no matter what I face this day, that I can literally lay aside every weight that does easily beset me and I can come here expecting to be delivered, that I can come here expecting to be freed. We're blessed tonight. I don't ever wanna, I don't ever want to take that for granted. Amen. We're thankful for all that God has done for us. Before we get started tonight, let's turn to Exodus chapter 2. And I'll forewarn you, I have a lengthy read tonight. So you can just take a deep breath. It'll be all right. It'll be all right. I'm going to read from Exodus chapter 2 and verses 15. Now when Pharaoh heard this thing, he sought to slay Moses. But Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian. Somebody say Midian. And he sat down by the well. And now the priests of Midian and had seven daughters, and they came and drew water and filled the troughs to water their father's flock. And the shepherds came and drove them away, but Moses stood up and helped them and watered their flock. And when they came to Reuel their father, he said, How is it that ye are come so soon today? And they said, An Egyptian delivered us out of the hand of the shepherds and also drew water enough for us and watered our flock. Verses 20, And he said unto his daughters, And where is he? Why, is all, why have all of you left the man there? Call him that he may eat bread. And Moses was content to dwell with the man. And he gave Moses Zipporah his daughter. And she bare him a son. And he called his name Gershom. For he said, I have been a stranger in a strange land. Verses 23, and it came to pass... Is in process of time that the king of Egypt died and the children of Israel sighed by reason of bondage. And they cried, and their cry came up unto God by reason of bondage, and God heard their groaning. And God remembered his covenant with Abraham and with Isaac and with Jacob. And God looked upon the children of Israel, and God had respected unto them. Chapter 3 and verses 1 through 3, and we'll be finished. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and led the flock to the backside of the desert and came unto the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of the bush. And he looked and beheld the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. God, I pray tonight, Lord, that you'll anoint every ear to hear the word. I pray that you'll anoint every mouth, God, my mouth to preach the word of God as you have so de decided to do so. God, I pray that, Lord, you'll touch the spirit of every person here tonight, that we can be open and acceptable to your word, God. Let your word go forth. I pray, Lord, let not me say anything or any less than what you have required tonight, what you have mandated. Let your perfect will be done in the name of Jesus. We worship you tonight, and I thank you for all that you've done. In Jesus' name we pray. You may be seated tonight. Amen. 
this story of Moses has been taught to us from since, I guess, since I was as early as I can remember the burning bush experience. I remember those felt boards, Sister Debbie. I remember those in our Sunday school rooms, and you didn't even have to put a thumbtack in it. You would just tack Moses to that felt board and with a burning bush, and it, that was some of the greatest lessons that I ever remember. But from these moments, something was birthed in those Sunday school rooms with the story and the, the understanding of Moses and the turning aside and seeing the burning bush and seeing that it wasn't consumed. But what I really never understood or what I really never studied in depth was the history of Moses between the time that he fled Egypt before and between the time that he had his burning bush experience in the land of Midian where he dwelt. The Bible tells us very clearly in chapter 2 and verses 22 of Exodus as we read that Moses named his son Gershom because he found himself as a stranger in a strange land. A lot of historians will tell you, a lot of, uh, a lot of Bible scholars will tell you the reason that he felt as though he was a stranger in a strange land was because he wasn't a direct descendant from Midian. He couldn't purchase any land. He couldn't purchase any livestock. And he couldn't purchase anything to really make a living. That's how they made a living. That's how they sustained their family. So he had to rely on his father-in-law and his flock. And that's why a few verses later, before his burning bush experience in Horeb, he was tending to his father-in-law's sheep, not his own. And he was tending to them as he did every day, day in and day out, in his father-in-law's field and his father-in-law's flock. And he just continuously, every day, every night, every day, every night. And he even named his son Gershom. And if you study back in Gershom, the translation of Gershom means refugee. And I find it so ironic that the Lord would tell us so early on that he felt as though he was fleeing from something in Egypt. And he never felt at home in Midian where he was. If I had to title this message tonight, it would be titled, I Feel Change Coming. I Feel Change Coming coming. It's so, it, it, when you, Brother Fondo, whenever you started talking Monday night, if you were there Monday night, we had our, uh, our monthly prayer meeting and God moved and it was just, it was a phenomenal move of God as it always is. And as Brother Fontenot began to come up and uh, talk to us just for a moment before dismissal, I was like, well, my God, you just go ahead and preach another 10 minutes and you've done preached my whole sermon, my whole message I had going on here. My word, just, just stop. Just chill for a second. No, I'm just kidding. And how ironic was it that Moses felt as Brother Fontenot so perfect, spoke so perfectly Monday night that as a body, it, we have been going through a season, a transition period in our lives where it feels as though we've been ostracized, where it feels as though we've been broken, where it feels as though we've been left out, like we're not getting what those people are getting on the other end of our pew. We're not getting what our friends are getting. We're not getting what our relatives are getting. We're not, we're not seeing the people come to church like we're, we're praying for them to come to church. And, and it seems as though our faith has dwindled down to nothing. And how much so was Moses in the land of Midian where he felt like a stranger in a strange land? Now let's back up just a moment. Now Moses 
just came from the land of Egypt where he had everything at his fingertips. Everything that he could possibly desire and everything that he wanted was there. He, had, he was partially royalty by whom he was raised. And everything that he wanted was right there at his grasp. And now, all of a sudden, God, boom, sends him to the land of Midian where there is absolutely nothing. For my, my goodness, he's gone from, from telling other people what to do and now he's working for his father-in-law and he has absolutely nothing. And he feels like a stranger in a strange land. How many times has the people of God in these last five to six months, and I know I'm not only speaking from, from experience, but how many times have we felt as though we've been on a mountaintop and we've been having a mountaintop experience and I can just catch God by the tail and I can cry when I want to and I can have an altar experience when I want to and I can, I can speak in tongues when I so desire, but yet now it seems as though the last several months maybe I've been in the land of Midian and I've been as though I'm a stranger in a strange land like I can can't feel God. I can't hear from God. Everything that I try to do, everything that I try to reach for seems just out of reach. Like I'm not good enough or I can't make what God has called me to do. And I feel like a complete stranger sitting on my own pew in my own church. I know that I'm not the only one that feels as though I'm a refugee fleeing from things in my life, constantly running from, from feeling unplugged or feeling like I'm, I'm, I'm not a part of everything that God's doing in this house, feeling as though something inside of me is missing. And no matter how much I pray, no matter how much I fast, no matter how much I ask God, Lord, I need you to help me. God, I need you to give me strength. I still go to bed with tears falling down my cheeks saying, God, what can I do? Lord, I feel like I'm a stranger in a strange land. I feel like I'm, I'm not moving. I feel like I'm not going where you called me to go. I feel like I'm not doing what you called me to do. There's got to be something more to all of this that you, that you have for me to do, God. I'm not moving in the direction you want me to move. And I feel like a stranger in a strange land. I can imagine the heartache that Moses felt. And this is just me. This is just the way that I picture things. This is just the way that my mind works as crazy as it is when it's not scattered all everywhere. And when God kind of wrangles all of my junk up here together and I can think clearly, I say, I can imagine Moses. I can imagine Moses tending to them sheep. A lot of times we talk about David tending the sheep on the backside of the mountain, even after he was anointed. How much so was it with Moses that he, he, he didn't even have a real connection to the land or to the sheep in which he was herding? At least with David, it was his father's sheep. It was a partial kind of almost inheritance, if you will. There was a connection there. But with Moses, there was absolutely no connection. And I can imagine as he's walking and tending those sheep. And tears just begin to fall down his face. Not because he had an experience with God and he lost it. Just because something inside of him felt like he was, he was missing something. Like something wasn't all there. Like he, he in, the, in the physical sense, he went from, like we said, literal royalty to now he had nothing. And, and he's tending them sheep and saying, my God. Can you imagine? It had to have been. He had to have thought to himself in some moment in time in this period, my God, I could be eating grapes by the pool right now. And now I'm in 105 degree Louisiana weather and I'm tending sheep on the backside of a desert. And I don't even, I have nothing. All I have is the sandals on my feet and the clothes on my back. Something is missing. These last six months for me, I felt that. 
I felt that struggle. I felt that, that, that disconnect. And I felt like, like I just, like something was just completely cut off. And I'm like, God, God, what's happening? What did I do? And immediately I began to question myself. What did I do? Is this the new normal? I can imagine Moses thinking to himself, is this the new normal? Is this what I have looking forward to for the rest of my life? He even so named his own son, Gershom, refugee. Not hope is coming, not greater things are coming, not this is a season, but he had absolutely no hope in the fact that he was, he was going to stay there for the rest of his life. And I'm speaking to somebody tonight. I'm talking to somebody that you've been feeling ostracized in the Holy Ghost, that you've been feeling like you've done everything that you can to reach God, and you spent hours praying, God, I need you to move. God, I need you to touch Johnny. God, I need you to touch Susie. I need you to do something for me, God. I need you to do a miracle in their life. And then you go to bed, and you wake up with an expectancy, and yet you're facing the same thing today, and you're facing the same thing tomorrow as you faced for the last several months. And there seems to be no, no real groundbreaking material or no real groundbreaking stuff that God's doing in your life and you, you see everything that your neighbor's doing and you see everything God's doing for them and yet you still feel so lost because God if you did it for them then why can't you do it for me I don't understand what am I doing wrong what, what, what happened in my life that I become so ostracized and so disconnected from the things of God and you can't put your finger on it but yet you're in the land of Midian welcome to the land of Midian. And now no fault to your own, but yet we still feel so broken and so lost. We feel like there's no end in sight. That light that's supposed to be at the end of the tunnel, it's not there. And I can't feel God move in the service. And I'm not really crying tears in the service because I feel God moving, but I'm crying because I can't. And I say, God, where are you? God, where have you been? Lord God, what did I do to deserve this? What did I do, oh God, to get myself in this mess, in this position? Lord, I'll do anything. I find myself this last six months, I find myself kneeling over my bed. And I say, God, God, I'll do anything. I'll do anything to feel your presence again. Has anybody ever felt that when you're crying and you're maybe for some of you that has lost loved ones and you and you're crying over them and you're weeping over them. You saying, God, I'll do anything. I'll do anything to see them in the house of God. I'll do anything to see them saved. I'll do anything to see them filled with the Holy Ghost. And all, all the while, yet God still continuously, it seems as though nothing and no prayer is being answered. Welcome to the land of Midian. The land of hopelessness, the dry and barren land where you feel like a stranger even in your own prayer life. I used to sit there and begin to pray. I'm just being honest with you tonight. I'm just being transparent with you tonight. Where I sit down and I begin to pray and I'm like, my God, I can't even gather my own thoughts to even pray. What's going on? I don't understand it. But yet even though... Moses did a lot of things in his walk with God. And this is prior, I understand that. But even though Moses, we find later on in life, did a lot of things, the one thing that you'll never find Moses doing is giving up 
even before he came in contact with God, he never gave up. But day in and day out, he kept tending to those sheep. Day in and day out, he kept tending to those sheep. And I can imagine him saying, one day, something's going to happen. One day, something's going to take place. One day, something's going to break. One day, I don't know what's going to happen, but I know one day something's going to take place. I know one day God's, something's going to transform. And I can imagine myself saying, God, I know something's going to happen one day. It may not be today, and it may not be tomorrow. It may not be next week, and it may not be next month. But God, something's going to happen. Lord, something's going to take place. I feel change coming. Something's going to take place. Something's going to break in the spirit, God. I'm going to go to church tonight, and I'm going to feel your presence. I'm going to kneel down beside my bed and I'm going to pray with an expectancy until I feel the presence of God moving. Hallelujah. Although Midian can be painted as a dull and desolate and a dry, ugly place, really in reality, it's nothing more than a land of transition. A land of transition. There are some things in Moses that have to be stripped away. Some lifestyles, some Egyptian lifestyles that had to be changed. Some things in his life that God had to move and change before he had his burning bush experience. There's some breaking that had to take place. There's some, there's some things that he had to understand that he wasn't all that he thought he was. He wasn't really royalty, but he was about to serve royalty. There were some things in his life that he had to get under uh, we call it the blood, if you will, which it wasn't, wasn't at that time, I understand. But in our time and day, we would say there's some things we have to get under the blood. There's some things that we have to change. There's some things we have to allow God to move in our life. There were some things that God had to alter in the life of Moses before he was about to take him to where he was going to take him. See, it's not all about the past. That's not everything that you've done. I'm not talking about people that do things deliberately and get themselves in a pickle with God. What I'm talking about tonight is people that are faithful to God and people that love God and they're doing everything that they know to do to serve God truthfully and honestly with a pure heart and a right spirit. And, and, and it seems as though God is, God is just so angry with us. But really, in all reality, He loves you and I enough. He loves you and I enough that He says, I'm allow you to go through this land of Midian. And I'm going to allow you to go through this moment in your life because what you have, what I have for you afterwards, the burning bush experience, you have to really understand. What, what if Moses would have never went through all that he went through and would have been a bush burning that was never consumed? And he still had in his mind royalty. I'm going to make it to that one day. I'm going to make it back there one day. All we need is a change of kings and then maybe I can make it back to the palace. Maybe I can make it back to where I want to go. What would have happened? Would he have, would he have seen the burning bush like he saw it when he turned the second time? Would he have turned that last time? Would he have seen the burning bush for what it was? Would he have heard from the voice of God? I'm not beating you over the head tonight, but I'm telling you from experience, God is bringing us to some places so that you and I can understand that, Aaron, I can't do this on my own, man. I can't make it on my own. There's no way that I can live for God like He desires for me to do it on my own. There's nothing good inside of me. I can't do anything right to please God, but I need Him every day. I need Him every moment. I need Him every hour, every second, every breath that I breathe. I need Him. Every moment that I'm awake, I need Him. 
So God, if you have to bring me through the land of Midian, and no, no matter how long I have to stay there, Kyle, I'll stay there because I know God has something better for me after. There has to be a burning bush experience in our life. A relationship. A moment in time where we hear the voice of God and that forever connects us to the altar. Because we can't live and ride on somebody else's connection. We can't ride, I can't ride on your connection, Brother Fontenot. I can't ride on the connection that you have with God. But at some point in my life, I must have that burning bush experience in my life. But before I can ever have that burning bush experience, I must go through Midian. I must go through Midian, the transitional period. I know I can speak for my generation. I've seen friends and I've heard them talk and I've been in their, in their circles when they're talking. There's always this resounding sound that says, I want to obtain, but don't make me go through the transition. I want to obtain that which God has called me to obtain. There's no lack in my want to, but there's a lack in my desire. Because I'm not willing to go through the land of Midian that God has called me to. I'm not willing to pray and weep even when I can't feel God and I feel like a stranger in a strange land. I'm, I'm not willing to go through those moments where I lift my hands and I feel, and I'll just say it, I feel so stupid sometimes because I know that I'm not really making a connection or I feel like I'm not. But it's just like Job. The hand of God never, never left Job, even when he felt it. And you're never out of God's reach. But it feels like I am and it feels like God. But we're not willing to go through that experience because in that experience we have that connection that says there's something greater than myself I can't lean onto my own understanding I can't lean onto my own thoughts I can't lean onto my own ways to get into the kingdom of God but I must I must I must lean on the understanding of the Lord our God and I will then have my burning bush experience That's the change that I had to undergo personally. Personally for me. At that moment, six months ago, I really felt like I had it all together. Like, man, I feel like, mm, not cocky or arrogant, but I felt like, man, my prayer life was on point. My fasting was good. I was so careful. I was almost like, the publican and the Pharisee, almost to where I would say, you know, the, the, the parable that Jesus spoke where the Pharisee went into the synagogue and he said, I exalt myself because I pay tithes on all that I own and I fast two or three times a week and, and I'm glad I'm not like this man. And I feel like I went to that from that place and now I feel as though I'm hungering for things of God so much. Now I've kind of swapped roles and I'm like, God, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. I need you today. I need you today. Humble me, oh God. It was that humbling experience that I encountered in these last several months, me and my family. And these moments where God is just like bringing me to my knees and saying, I love you so much. I love you so much. And I thought that it was something that I did wrong. And, and God is just like, I love you so much. I love you too much to allow you to go to the next place without allowing you to understand that you've got to rely on me. You'll never make it there if you don't learn to rely on me. 
You'll never make it there if you don't rely on me in the land of nothing. You'll never make it there. You'll never succeed there. You'll never do what I called you to do if you don't go through this first. The land of Midian. But the good thing about that is tonight is that you can come out of the land of Midian. I believe, and this is just from prayer, but I believe and I feel so strongly, especially in our young people. I see it. Not just in our young people. I'm talking about young people across the board. When we go to these youth rallies and services, I see it all over their face and in their spirit. I see the disconnect and the problem that's taking place. I'm so afraid is that we have set up shop in a land that we were only meant to pass through. We've built our home and we've built our family in the land of Midian where we're only needing to pass through for a season. God never intended for us to stay in constant suffering. God never intended for us to stay in constant pain and hurt. God never intended for our prayers not to be answered. God never intended for us to, to, to just set it here, set the bar here and never go any higher. God never intended for us to pray and it hit a glass ceiling. God never intended for none of our prayers to seem as though they were being answered. God never intended for us to seem as though we're living out from the hand of God in the land of nothing forever. It was only intended to be a season, but we, as the people of of God or me and I'm saying for myself has set up shop in the last six months and I've, I've thrown a pity party almost and said God this is where this is the new normal this is where I'm at and this is this is the new status quo and this is where you've called me and, and all this because I was connecting that to something that I did wrong and not to the blessings of God moving me forward I'm not here to paint a dull picture tonight, but I'm here to tell somebody, don't give up. Don't give up in the land of Midian. It's only a season. Don't give up where you are now, but keep pressing. Do as Moses did every day. Every day. Every day I'll press. Every day I'll move. Every day I'll make a change. God, if I don't feel you today, I'll feel you tomorrow. And if I don't feel you tomorrow, God, I'll do whatever it takes to feel you the next day. But Lord, whatever it is that you're doing in me, don't stop it. Whatever it is that you're doing in my family, don't stop it whatever it is that you're doing in our church don't stop it whatever it is you're doing in our society whatever it is you're doing in Indian Village don't stop it God but give me the strength to press forward toward the mark of the high calling of God give me strength tonight God give me strength because we're coming out of the land of Midian together we're pressing towards the mark of the high calling of God and I've made up in my mind that if this is a season that I've got to go through, then God, give me the strength. Give me the strength to make it through. We say, God, that's so harsh of God to make us go through that. That's, so, that's just, what kind of God do you serve if he makes you go through that kind of stuff? No, no. Just like I said, it's the love of God. I'm glad that I serve a God that would love me enough. That would love me enough. That would care for me enough to say, whatever it takes, whatever it takes, I'm going to get you there. But it takes an open spirit and an open heart that says, God, not my will, but your will be done. Was it the mother Mary that said, be it unto me according to your word? And I thought to myself, I said, self, just like that. I said, self. If Mary had to say, be it unto me according to your word, why do I think I'm exempt? Why do I think I'm exempt from saying, God, 
be it unto me according to your word. The good, the bad, and the ugly, the ups and the downs, the hills and the valleys, the moving from side to side, feeling as though we're on an emotional, spiritual roller coaster all along. But God, be it unto me according to your word, because I want whatever it is that you have for my family. I want whatever it is that you have for our young people. I want whatever it is that you have for our hyphen group. I want whatever it is that you have for our young adults. I want whatever it is that you have for our prime timers and our pillars. I want whatever it is that you have, God, in store for this church and this community and this area. So be it unto me, God, according to your word, let me not forsake it, God, and let me not give up in the land of Midian, but Lord, let me press forward. Let me press forward, God. Hallelujah. Let me press forward. Hallelujah. Brother Ron, I don't know if I give you this. I don't think that I did, but Psalms 51. Psalms 51, 16 and 17. Psalms 51 and 16 through 17. And I'm getting ready to close if y'all can come to the music. This is what took place for me and is taking place for me in the land of Midian right now. O Lord, open my lips, my mouth shall show forth thy praise. For thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. O oh God, thou wilt not despise. There was a brokenness that had to take place before I could ever truly be pleasing in the eyes of God. There was a brokenness. So God, now my prayer then is, God created me a broken and contrite spirit. Whatever it is that gets your attention while I'm in the land of Midian. Whatever it is, God, that cleans my vessel and makes me pure before you. Give that to me. Lord God, I'm not trying to speed up the process. I'm just trying to be pleased in your sight. I don't want you to get me wrong tonight. I don't feel as though we need to try to speed up the process of Midian. But what I'm saying is that we understand the process in which we're going through. And we understand that God, it's for a reason. And God, it's for a season. And there's a transformation that's happening. And God, the quicker that I can get to that, the quicker it is that I can get out of Midian. And the quicker it is that I can get to my burning bush experience. There's several things that happen in the life of Moses during this time. So many little things of the second turning to the, to the burning of the bush. To Moses' calling. It was in that moment that chapter 3, just a few verses later, the first calling of Moses. But he could never have received his calling. Not without the burning bush experience. But he could have never received his calling before going to the land of nothing. He could have never received the calling to lead not just any people, but to lead the people of God out of bondage. My question to you tonight, and the question that has gotten me to, to the point where I'm at now, and I told pastor just a few days ago, I said, pastor, I'm to the point now. I could care less if I preach again. 
I could care less if I sing another song. I could care less if I teach these wonderful young people that I love. But God, whatever your will is, whatever it takes to please you, that's what I want for my family. Whatever it takes to please God, I want to get to that brokenness, that contrite spirit that says, because if I can have that moment with God, that intimacy with Him, then it doesn't matter what you tell me, Brother Aaron. It doesn't matter what you tell me or what the things of this world may tell me. It doesn't matter what I go through in life. If I have that forever settled in my spirit, nothing can take me away from the presence and the will of God. This brokenness and this contrite spirit is not easily obtainable. It's not a pretty picture. I could care less if I teach or preach again or sing another song if I could just get to the things of God and make Him pleased whatever it is that pleases me but the one thing that has gotten me through like I was saying the one thing that has gotten me through this whole thing is when I read that and just I wish I would have given you the scriptures you don't have to go there but you can read it later in chapter 3 and just a few verses down in Exodus Who am I leaving out in the leading process if I don't allow myself to go through the land of me? Is it a mother? Is it a father? Is it a brother? Is it a sister? Is it a best friend? Is it a co-worker? Is it a son? Is it a daughter? Is it someone that's been lost for all their life or is it someone that maybe has just fell off the brink for a moment? But who, in essence, am I responsible for? Why? There's got to be a reason that I'm going through this land of Midian. And if not for me, then maybe for somebody else. If maybe not for me, then maybe for somebody else. Is God maybe allowing me to go through this and then I have my experience with Him and then just a few moments later that I receive the call on my life to lead my family out of bondage that's been broken for so long. You see, I don't know about you tonight, but I have some people in my family and I have some people in my, in my fellowships and in my friendships with that I respect very greatly, but I understand that they're lost and they're broken. So God, I don't know, but if this isn't for me, but I believe this was for me, but even if not, then God, God, help me to get through this for them. Help me to get through this for that family member that's broken and lost because they need to hear from you. Because they need to understand that something greater is in store for them. They need to be baptized in the name of Jesus. They need to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So God, if you're going to use me, if you're going to use me, God, then Lord, quicken something in me, Lord, to become broken and have a contrite spirit before you. If we will stand tonight, these altars are open.
I don't come here tonight trying to preach to you a masterpiece, trying to preach to you something that you maybe have already heard. But what I've come here tonight is with a, 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 a plea to you tonight, if you will, a plea to you tonight to not allow yourself to get caught up in the land of Midian. It's something that we must go through, yes. Do I have to go through brokenness? Yes. Do I have to go through loneliness? Yes. Do I have to go through this ostracizing feeling? Yes. Do I have to go through all of this, God, if I want to be closer to you? Yes. But the good thing is tonight that you're not alone. You can look around this building and you see people that are just alike. You see those that are going through it, not alone, but we're going through it with each other. And tonight, I'm here to tell you and to encourage somebody in the Holy Ghost, don't give up. You're on the brink. I feel it so strongly. You're on the brink of giving up and letting go of what God's promised you. You may not be trying to backslide or, or attempting anything crazy, but you're, but you're attempting to give up on that prayer. You're attempting to give up on that person. You're attempting to give up on that call that God has placed on your life. And I'm not here to hype you up tonight, but I'm here to tell somebody in the Holy Ghost, God is not finished and we're coming out of the land a greater place is coming a greater calling is coming that burning bush experience is on its way God is near to you I know it's a Wednesday night but I beg you tonight seek the face of God I beg somebody tonight, don't get so caught up in the land of nothing. Don't get so caught up in the lost feeling that you can't reach for God one more time. I'm asking somebody one more time, just reach. One more time tonight, just reach. One more time tonight, reach for the things of God.